the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Friday show, last day of this week. Next week is, of course, going to be uh, the 4th of July on Monday. So uh, we will not convene on Monday. We will uh, continue our support of, uh, you know, keeping up the birthday uh, celebrations for our great country that we have. Uh, Because the 4th is on Sunday, that means most everybody's going to be off Monday. So that's where we're standing right now. Robert's just moved into the studio. I haven't heard from Chris. We're hoping that he'll be here today as well because I got four stories that I've picked for them. I don't know if we'll get through all four of them because the first story is such a huge story, I think. It may take us a while to get through that one. And that was that the Supreme Court upheld Arizona's voting rules that restrict ballot harvesting and the submission of provisional ballots outside of one's home district. I want you to think about this for a moment. You know, here in America, isn't it amazing that where you can go and vote in an election and you're supposed to vote in your district, it seems like to me that's a pretty easy thing to do. That's not real difficult. Nor is it all that difficult to show up at the polling place uh, to pull the lever or push the button or whatever it is that you do in your area and uh, not have to have somebody come around, knock on your door, and pick up your ballot at your home. You know, you know that, that's not uh, necessary. And that's what they said in Arizona. And they've been fighting a battle uh, in the court systems about this. Understand that the Democrats understand they've lost this battle, basically, as far as with uh, the voters. Voters know you should vote in your own district. Voters know you should do it at, uh, you know, your precinct voting areas and that, uh, Voters understand somebody shouldn't have to hold your hand and uh, and wipe your butt to uh, take care of you as, as far as getting your ballot to where it needs to be counted. And it, it's not somebody needs to come out and do that uh, for you. Democrats know that they're losing this battle, and that's why they are fighting it so, so hard uh, in the court system. 
That's why they, they've gotten this uh, in front of judges. And they've been winning those battles here lately uh, in the lower courts. But now that we're moving into the upper courts, they're starting to lose. And why is that? Because President Trump got conservatives into the judiciary over the last few years. And so rulings are going against them. I couldn't believe the howling. It sounded like a bunch of howler monkeys yesterday. It really did. That's what it sounded like. You ever heard of the howler monkeys in the zoo? Yep. You can hear them all the way across on the other side of the zoo when they start hollowing. They're going crazy. And that's what they're doing right now. They're going crazy because they lost this one in Arizona. And it was a big one to lose in front of the Supreme Court. Because what is the DOJ thinking about doing in uh, Atlanta? Well, they're thinking about... uh, you know, going and telling Atlanta, look, you've got to uh, have ballot harvesting and you've got to let people vote outside their own districts. And now those are two avenues that have been cut off to them. So they're not happy. They're not happy. So what is the what is the result from the Democratic Party? What are you hearing this morning? Well, if you did any checking of the news uh, sites, you know that they're yelling again. We got to pack the court. We've got to pack the court. Robert Steinbach is sitting in front of the microphone now. You'll, you'll be able to see him in a second. I'll, I'll drop all those other microphones so you can see his his beautiful pearly whites in just a moment. I've got a face for radio <laughs> and a voice for books, Dave. So I'm not sure you want to drop those microphones oh so quickly. Okay, so we're. Number one, were you pleased with the Supreme Court's ruling yesterday? Dave, I'm always pleased when the Supreme Court adopts basic logic. There's nothing controversial indeed about these cases. I would think so. Right? And so it's really remarkable when you see a six to three split right down political lines. Yeah. And what does it say to you? You, We're living in this post-truth world. And the liberals created the post-truth world, where up is down, left is right. and they they, Good is bad, bad is good. Right, right. Yeah. Now they're accusing the Republicans of wanting to defund the police. Yeah. Really? I mean, come on. Now, let's be fair. Um, They accused Trump of being uh, not a truth teller, and they took every word, they parsed it left and right, and... Trump's a salesman, and so he is a an exaggerator. Everything's the greatest. I understood that when we voted for him. Right. I understood that when he became president. I understood that when he took the country in the right direction. But they use that to claim that, oh, it's all lies, it's all lies. And that was nonsense. All along, pursuing their leftist agenda of just telling us things that are patently false. Remember... The Democrats are the party of science, right? I put Correct. in quotes yes. for those of you that's paying what they kept. That's right. what they kept telling us right. over the last five right. years. And so what's a man, Dave? What's it? They're, they're the party of science. There's Tell no me. answer well, yeah, from there's them. There's no about, answer. No. There's no, I, 
I don't know what a man is. A man's whatever. Uh, you see, the, uh, for those watching at home, there's a disinfecting bottle in front of me, <laughs> not by coincidence, because Dave knows that I come in and I scrub down the studio. Yeah, he uh, is. But that's, a, and it's orange, whatever the company, it's spick and span. Spick and span. Right. Uh, and it's orange. But, you know, to the left, well, that's orange, unless it wants to call itself blue. Now, we've discussed this point, too, if I may overextend this analogy. I don't care what it calls itself. But when I look at that bottle, you know what it is? Orange, Dave. It's not complicated. But so, what they would you know, say is if the company who makes Spick and Span wants to call that blue, right. then it's blue. And that you have to say that's it's a blue, blue bottle. That's exactly Wait, right. And, and the irony is this is literally the stuff of 1984, the mm, novel. Yeah, definitely. Right? It's literally where they tell you, here's a word that you understood to mean a car, and now it means a potato. That's not in the book. I'm just extending the analogy. <laughs> uh, but the point is that they are taking basic words and they're destroying their meaning and telling you that you must subscribe to that understanding. See, that's why Huxley and and a lot of the writers during the uh, the 30s and 40s always made the point that words have means because they were watching the Marxists right. do the exact same they're doing doing right now where words had no meaning. So you couldn't communicate. Well, for those that may not remember, the Soviets were well known that, that people would come in and out of favor and they would kill people all the time, right? And so when someone went out of favor and they had a photograph, and this is before the age of digital photographs. Yeah, they just cut them out. They cut them out, but they did it creatively. Like yes. they put a bush in, and you, <laughs> right? And so the person just disappeared. And everybody uh, who they knew that person was in that picture, and they knew that person was famous. No, who? What? Yeah, no. where's Waldo? Right, it's like those, uh, there's always there's, there's this recurring science fiction storyline that you see in movies and television shows from time to time where someone's dropped in an environment and it, nobody knows who he is, and he doesn't know, he knows who he is, but he keeps saying, well, I'm John Smith. They're like, well, we don't know any John Smith. No. And where are you? You know, And it's this all entirely fictitious environment, and he has to escape or whatever it may be. In any event, that storyline is the Soviet Union. That, and so people say, well, that's, that's not really what communism is about. Here's the thing, Dave. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, but, but, and here's the thing. Why? Because communism is about putting complete control in the hands of government. And guess what happens? By definition, inevitably, it can't be undone. They say, well, maybe we should be in complete control. Maybe we're better. And that's why, to take another book, Animal Farm, where everybody, it was about communism and everybody's supposed to be equal, but the pigs were a little bit more equal because the pigs were those who were in control. And guess what? The pigs hand out the benefits to all of their friends that's and right. their cronies, and the pigs get fat, and you and I and everyone else, Dave. Get thinner. There you go. That's, that's how that works. That's the, way, that's the way it works. And that's the way it's working with what they want to do to our electric system electoral system here in the United States. Well, you bring it back, of course, as you always do, to the point at hand, and a good point it is, which is ballot harvesting. Think about how absurd a notion is. They want to send someone around to collect ballots. Um, hmm, what could go wrong with that? Yeah, people I have could, no idea. Right, they could throw out ballots, they could alter ballots, and they could pay people for blank ballots. 
So you definitely want to prohibit that kind of behavior. If you want to vote, you can show up to the polling place or you can mail in your ballot. Either way, you're in control and no one else is interfering. But they want third parties involved? What kind of chicanery is going to go on there? And, the, and let me answer that question. A lot, Dave. If you've noticed, the left uh, has stopped trying to refute the claim that there was election fraud during the president's election. Now they say there was no massive election fraud. Yes. And so far, there, because nobody's been able to significantly investigate, by the way, uh, but so far there's no evidence of significant voter fraud. It's, but begin- voter fraud? it's beginning to change in Arizona. Well, there you though. go. That's a thing. It's, it's hard to say that, well, there's no evidence that you've got a parasite inside of you, Dave, uh, because we can't see inside of you. Yeah. Right? So, uh, how do you feel? Well, I feel okay, a little queasy. Well, maybe there's a parasite. Maybe not. So, But it, there's not enough there to kill you. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what they're, there's a, wow, certainly not enough to throw the election. Okay, maybe. Here's yeah. the thing. Maybe. Yeah, but it's like 620,000 votes that Biden won by. Spread over, what, seven states? Is it? Is it? I think that's know, what it was. I don't know the numbers. So I, I just want you to think about that for a moment. Because they keep saying, well, there's no way you could have thrown an election with 620,000. Oh, I beg to differ. We can talk about that if we want to. But I want to talk about this particular story because it is driving the left crazy this morning. And anything that drives the left crazy, I like to rub it into the wound. And it's a short trip, of course, yes. to drive them crazy. Absolutely. Ideas. All right. So let's get a break in. Robert and I will be right back. I don't know where Chris is at. Hope that he was coming and he's doing all right. I have a funny feeling he stayed up late last night burning the midnight oil and he's snoring right now. But anyway, if that's the case, more power to him. Hey, don't forget about PI Roofing. More power to them because they can take good care of your roof for you. You got a problem with your roof? You talk to them. They'll come out and look at it and figure out what the problem is and then they'll fix it for you. You know, they've been in business for 20 years, and I always like to say, if you make it past 10, whatever you're doing, you're doing it right, because uh, people keep coming back and doing business with you, and that's the case that uh, it is with PI Roofing. You know, Joel started his business by driving his truck through neighborhoods, looking at the roofs of the houses, and he could look at them and tell the ones that had problems and the ones that didn't. The ones that had problems, he wanted to talk to the proprietors. He wanted to make sure that their roofs did what they were supposed to do and keep the water and the elements out of their homes. And he did that so well that now when you talk about, uh, you know, PI roofing, you call them the roof detectives. That's what they called themselves in the very beginning. They would find the leaks in your house so that they would be stopped. He still does the same thing today, just on a much larger scale. I've I've only used PI Roofing since I bought my house back in 2003. They're the only roofing company that has ever stepped foot on my roof because they do it best. That's PI Roofing, 707-3551. That's the number to call, or you can go to piroofing.com. All right, so here's what some of the arguments from the left were about Arizona. You know, they made people change precincts once in a while uh, where they where they voted and the people didn't know where to go. The Supreme Court said that under Arizona law, 
they make it quite easy for residents to vote. They said discussing the out-of-precinct rule, uh, Justice Alito noted that the state made extensive efforts, and that's in quotes, uh, to alleviate burdens by sending notices. And once you hear what the state of Arizona did, they sent notices to all registered voters when precinct locations were changed and by requiring election officials to send out sample ballots to every home with a registered voter that included a notice of the proper polling location. The court court also pointed out that the Arizona Secretary of State's office sends pamphlets with polling information and that voters can look online or call to find out their precinct locations. Having to identify one's own polling place and then travel there to vote does not exceed the usual burdens of voting, said Alito. No kidding. I mean, seriously. What do they want? Do they want them to, well, I know what they want. What they want is they want school buses to pull up in front of the homes of their voters, take them to the polls, give them the exact pencil that they need, or give them uh, directions on the voting machine so they know how to vote for their candidates. Look, Dave, the, the, the clearest case of the absurdity of the leftist position is how they have been opposed generally, albeit not so recently, to providing identification to vote. You have to provide identification if you go to the bank. You have to provide identification if you drive a car. You have to provide identification to get electricity to your house. Yep. Uh, or your apartment. Or your trailer. Or to or get on a tent, plane. Or to get on a plane. But all of a sudden, it's overly burdensome. Because they go, well, there's one guy that lives down a dirt road in the middle of nowhere, and he and he drives a horse, rides a horse, and walks to school uphill both ways. Yeah. Right? And it, it's so absurd. And they say, well, that's a constitutional right to vote, which it is, albeit it's not explicitly stated. It's, in, it's sort of interpreted from the document. Obviously, you have to have a right to vote for democracy to exist. But it's not even explicitly stated. I draw a contrast. You know what right is explicitly stated? The right to bear arms. That's right. Right? So here's my deal, lefties. No idea to buy a gun. No idea to vote. How's that? I think you should have an idea to buy a gun. And I think you should have an idea to vote. But if the lefties think IDs are overly burdensome of constitutional rights, let's start with the constitutional right that's written in the Constitution, the Second Amendment. And then we can talk about voting. How's that for a deal? Well, how about the DOJ yesterday? I want you to listen to what the D- and, and and understand that the person that is the head of the DOJ now is the same person that the left wanted as a Supreme Court justice. Yes, right. The uh, Justice Department responded, saying that re- it remains strongly committed to challenging discriminatory election laws and will continue to use every legal tool available to protect all qualified Americans seeking to participate in the electoral uh, process. The department urges Congress to enact additional legislation to provide more effective protection for every American's right to vote. What What did they not address? They did not address how... This is discriminatory. Absolutely not. They don't even touch that. Let's take the bigger picture, Dave. 
they just lost in the Supreme Court, and their response is, we're still going to do it. We're still going to continue. It reminds me of the Little Rock government. Let's, t- let's take it home for a moment. Ben Motal, an attorney here in Little Rock, went into the Little Rock Police Department to get a photocopy of a police record pursuant to the Freedom of Information Act, and they said, you're not allowed to take a picture of this public record. That's like saying you can't take a picture of the sky. So he says, well, I'm entitled to take a picture. And they say, no, you're not. You've got to pay us $10. $10 to see the record that you've paid for by a taxpayer, by being a taxpayer. So what does he do? He sues. Why? Because he's an attorney. He can do that. Average Joe is stuck, stuck under the thumb of the bureaucrats. Yeah. And he sues and he loses at, the, loses at the trial level from a judge who I'm told is generally okay. But in this one, man, did he have his head stuck up as – anyway, the point is, Dave, <laughs> that it went to the Court of Appeals. And the Court of Appeals said, oh, you can take a photocopy of – excuse me, a photograph of a public record. And you know what the city said? The city said, hey, we want to appeal it to the Supreme Court. Because when they lose – they still don't lose. That's right. And you know what we did? Dan Sullivan, the great state senator from Jonesboro, who's on this show all the time, who's the best friend of freedom access. If you have questions about filing for Social Security, you can get the answers in a simple, easy-to-understand booklet. It's called Your Guide to Social Security. It's from David Lucas Financial in North Little Rock. Uh, is a 25-page booklet. It outlines what you need to know. And it can help you get even more income when you file for Social Security. So if you're within five years of filing, then get this free booklet right now by calling 501-222-3315. As a bonus, you'll receive a free customized Social Security analysis that pinpoints the optimal time to bring every nickel out of your benefits. So pick up the phone and call right now. 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. We so rudely interrupted uh, Robert you there. You got some nerve. At the, at some the, so I want you to nerve. pick up exactly where you left off. Go ahead. Well, as you know, Dave, we were talking about the Freedom of Information Act. We were talking about how the city of Little Rock decided that when they lost in the Court of Appeals, that wasn't good enough. They were going to appeal to the state Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And what were they appealing about, Dave? They were appealing about the notion that Bill, Bill Motel, no, Ben Motel, a local attorney, excellent attorney, had the temerity in their eyes to go in and ask to see a public record without having to pay for a public record because he's paid for the public record already. See, this is the Robert I love. Go ahead. <laughs> and then what happens? I'll tell you what happens. Uh, he sues. He gets the record because the court of appeals made a good decision. The city of Little Rock, because they're bloated, they're overpaid, we're overtaxed, the the mayor wants to tax us more he wants to bleed us dry he wants to suck the blood out of us like a big leech he's got an incompetent uh director of the police whatever you call it commissioner i guess these people couldn't find their way out of their own the point is dave that what did we do dan sullivan the biggest friend of transparency Dan Sullivan, the biggest friend of Arkansas's outstanding Freedom of Information Act, said, we're going to add to the Freedom of Information Act, and we're going to make what 
everyone knew to be the case already, so clear that even those hacks that worked in the city of Little Rock are going to realize it. Even those leftists who don't understand what the word is, is, who don't understand (laughs) what the meaning of a simple notion is, they're going to understand that you can take a photograph of a public record. Dan Sullivan sponsored the bill. Dan Sullivan passed the bill. That's the kind of work that we will continue to do in the legislature, notwithstanding, by the way, that a colleague of mine has been told, allegedly, that, well, working with the legislature, we're not going to give you credit for that. Wait, what? You know why? Because the legislature is conservative. That's why, Dave. I understand. I understand. Yeah, it's... Here's what Dan Sullivan did. He saved you money. If you ever have to go and get a uh, a piece of paper from your local government, they can't charge you for that. He's done they more sure than that. want to. Oh, but, they want to. Yeah. They want to bleed you dry. Uh, look, I don't is, even think it's about bleeding you dry. I think it's to keep you from getting the information. That's, that's exactly right. That's it. And you know who's in cahoots with that attitude? The uh, Association of Arkansas Counties. I've never seen an organization more dedicated to less transparency than the Association of Arkansas Counties. These it it are, may be my, that it, the people who are running these counties are inept. Well, you know what the people who are running these counties do? They take your taxpayer dollars, Dave, your listeners' taxpayer dollars, and they put it in a check, and they mail it to the Association of Arkansas Counties, a private lobbying organization that goes to the Capitol during session and says to the senators and legislators, please create a a law that gives less transparency, less transparency to the people of Arkansas. So when you vote for your county representatives, you should ask them this question. Are you going to funnel taxpayer money into a private lobbying organization that works against the interests of the taxpayers? If so, I ain't voting for you! That's what I would tell them. Yeah. Well, with that said, let's move on now. Because there is five particular things I want to talk about. Looks like I may get to two of them. If you're lucky. (laughs) The second one, there's more information coming out on this whole thing about Clinton and this chair and everything and uh masterson i think that's his yeah, last name mike masterson up, he's uh, brilliant. up in northwest in the uh, Dem- arkansas democrat is that yeah he's a he's an op-ed writer for dim gas wrote about it again and it's really incredible of how they're giving us the the wink nod you know kind of thing that monty python always talked about about british government and so bring us up to date now what he's uncovered. Well, the latest that I've seen in Mike Masterson's column, I think it was from last week, uh, he says uh, he, he interviewed um, the holder of the, that uh, named professorship and said, hey, when did the name change? And according to Masterson, it happened because the current holder did something, went and communicated someone. But the story that's being run is this had always been the intention of the donor, and that was Bill Bowen. He was a, a banker in town, and he became the dean at one point of the law school. Uh, and it had always been his intention to name it the Clinton professorship. 
But I've seen the record that showed that initially they got approval from the White House to name it the Clinton professorship. And then within a year, it wasn't named the Clinton professorship. And apparently there was some change, be it at the White House, be it at the faculty. I suspect both, by the way, after the whole uh, impeachment and and, um, Clinton having to give up his bar license, uh, his lying to the court. You know, all of those credible things that you really want from, what, a lawyer? Uh, So, in any event, all of that uh, happened, and the name became, like, the public policy named professorship. And it was that way for the last 20 years. But, you know, like a mushroom springing up from nowhere, they discovered, allegedly, that it's supposed to be the Clinton name professorship. Uh, Boy, isn't it convenient that that coincides with the, with the leftist agendas across the country. Yeah, think about where mushrooms grow, typically under excrement in the dark. In the dark, right? And so <laughs> Masterson has put some light to this. It's really quite interesting. Yeah, so do you think that uh, it's going to get light enough that they don't continue this well, head-on you know, charge? Here's the thing about higher education across this country. Unless legislators step in, and I guess the executive, the governor as well, step in and say, what's going on in this public entity? What's going on in this government school? Unless they actually get involved, then too often these government schools across the country feel that they can get away with anything. You know why? Because they can. Because they can. So I don't know the answer. But wouldn't it be interesting to see whether the overwhelmingly conservative legislature and the overwhelmingly conservative government that we have in Arkansas actually get involved with a government entity that seems to be pursuing a political agenda. What a surprise. What a surprise. (laughs) Shock, shock. Going to take a break. When we come back, the Supreme Court ruled on another issue that was huge yesterday as well. We'll talk about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Robert Steinbach is in studio. He, of course, is a law professor at the Bowen School of Law, and his opinions are his and his alone and do not necessarily reflect those of the School of Law or the university to which it is attached. So keep that in mind. But his opinions typically, 99.9% of the time, are the correct opinions that they themselves should have as well so we'll come back and and talk about what the supreme court also did yesterday and you should maybe write them a personal note and say thank you uh don't forget about the cabinet emergency hospital we had them on uh just the other day uh talking about why they are so important in the area up around cabot cabot ward austin bb el paso all those areas fantastic places uh, and and homes in those areas and used to have to be you had to drive all the way down to north little rock to get to the emergency room not that way anymore just go to 89 in cabot right there by 67 167 to the walmart side of that highway and you'll find the cabot emergency uh, hospital board certified emergency physicians are going to be there to take care of you They'll get you right in. They're always open 24-7, 365. They have a radiological suite that is amazing. X-rays, CT scans, 
ultrasounds, and even an MRI. On-site lab, uh, real important that they have that so you get back your blood work in 10 minutes instead of 10 hours, and uh, a pharmacy. And then they know that your emergency matters. They get you back. They see you. They uh, figure out what's wrong. They fix what they can fix and let you go home. Or if uh, you're having a heart attack or something, they get you to a heart hospital so they can take good care of you. They get you back to your life faster at the Cabot Emergency Hospital. All right, I told you that uh, I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, different things that had come up dealing with um, the Supreme Court. And yesterday, another big decision from them. The first one, ballot harvesting and, uh, you know, making sure that voting wasn't being made more difficult uh, for people of uh, color and uh, which it was not in Arizona. And so that was a resounding victory for the right yesterday. And you could tell that it was resounding that even the president of the United States was moaning and bitching about it. Uh, And then uh, lastly, yesterday, they invalidated a California rule that required charitable organizations to disclose the names of contributors in a case that will probably impact the future of what they call dark money politics. The opinion, 6-3, right along conservative liberal lines, quote, the upshot is that California casts a dragnet for sensitive donor information from tens of thousands of charities each year, even though that information will become relevant in only a small number of cases involving filed complaints. Then from Chief Justice John Roberts, the state's desire to police charitable fraud imposes a widespread burden on donors, First Amendment rights that cannot be justified, Roberts added. And uh, campaign finance reform had expressed fear that such a ruling could eventually lead to more anonymous money called dark money uh, to enter the political sphere. Uh, The case had pitted the interest of charities to maintain the privacy of their donors against the state's interest in policing charitable fraud. Now, let's understand if the state government, who is uh, has a lot more lawyers than any charitable organization, basically, can know who your donors are. They can send out little letters to your donors and say, Do you know? And then fill in the blanks after that. And then suddenly you start seeing your charitable donations dry up. So the Supreme Court really struck a blow against the state uh, dealing with charitable uh, donations. Dave, you know, dark money for me is the money in my wallet because you got to take a crowbar to get it out. And the only time I, I, I take <laughs> it out. That's true. Right? That's true. <laughs> that's true. Only time I take it out is when I go over to Sissy's Log Cabin to buy a fancy watch. But other than that, I never take out money from my wallet. But in all seriousness, there, there are several rights in the First Amendment, and people often miss this. And I even pull it up on the phone so I make sure I don't make a mistake. There's the right to religion, meaning that you get to exercise your religion and you don't and the government doesn't get to tell you what religion supposedly. Have indeed, we're talking about what the rights are, yes. not whether they're enforced. That's correct. 
uh, the uh, right to free speech, the, the right to the press, uh, the right to assemble, I'll come back to that, and the right to sue. It's called petition government for redress of grievances. That means to file a lawsuit. That's a lot of words to say sue. Exactly. The right to assemble means you can hang out with whomever you want. You can have a private club that excludes people. That's legal to this day. Not a public club because that, there's a whole intersection of the law there and we won't get into that now. But a private club, it, it can be male only, female only, whatever you want. So the right to assemble means your ability to associate with people that you want to associate shouldn't be impeded by the government. So this law says anytime you associate with others, you join a club in California, you've got to turn over that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, turn over that list. Hey, if you guys are getting together, we need to know. Wait, what? We need to know. Because Big Brother wants to keep its thumb on your head as often as it can. And I will add, it, don't, it isn't just about knowing your name. It's about knowing... How much you're giving. Well, indeed, that's an excellent uh, point that you bring up because they are intertwined inextricably. That is, if you join a club and you hang out with people and you donate to that club, those are both acts of association. The Supreme Court has said so for years and years. And the, the left used to like this notion until they realized that the First Amendment protects your ability to campaign, to, to say, I support John Smith. Wait, you're spending money and I have less money than you? How dare you spend your own money on those things That's that you right. think are important? And so, needless to say, California wanted to get up in your business like they always do. Uh, they wanted to get between you and the tree that you're hugging or the bowl of granola that you're eating and be involved because government's got to be involved in everything. The next thing is they're going to be standing behind you during the colonoscopy, but that's a whole other story. And they wanted to know every donor to every group. And Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court said, no go, no go. Why? Because of what I just described to you, the right to associate with other people without being interfered with by the government. All right. So here's what the California mandate said. That nonprofit charities that solicit donations in the state identify their subs- their substantial donors. Now, they don't want to know the little boys, you right. know, a nickel here and, a, and $10 there. Uh, to the California Attorney General. The same information already goes to the IRS, found on IRS Form 990. The Schedule B attachment requires the organizations to report the names and addresses of their largest contributors. Failure to comply had the potential to lead to late fees and suspicion of their registration as a charitable organization. Now, who fought against this? Two of my favorite groups. I got to give them credit. The American for uh, Prosperity Foundation, of course, the Koch Brothers Affiliated Group, and the Thomas More Law Center, who want to keep their donors' identities secret and argued that the state had not shown a compelling reason for the law. So that's what you have. That's what was going on here. And uh, the Supreme Court put an end to it. I mean, if the federal government was already getting it, all you got to do is ask for it, and they'll give it to you. They were just, this is what you're trying to pass a law that will chill these charitable groups from doing anything. That's right. 
the the government wants to get in the middle of your relationship with those people with whom you associate. The government, when they're lefties, want to get involved in every relationship. That's the irony. Uh, maybe irony is the wrong word. That's the tragedy. The, that the left believes the government should be everywhere. However, you know what they say? Keep the government out Except of my bedroom. Except in their business. Right. And, and keep the government out of the bedroom. Okay. I, by the way, I'm good with that. I don't need the government in the bedroom. If I can't figure out what to do in the bedroom, Dave, government ain't going to help me. Uh, so keep the government out of the bedroom, but keep the government out of my wallet. Keep the government out of my business. Keep the government out of who I'm associating with. That's the problem here. Is the, And you know why the left doesn't want the government uh, in the bedroom, but they do want the government in your wallet? Because their wallets are empty and their bedrooms ain't. That's why. <laughs> All right, with that said, uh, I've got a couple of... I'm kind of glad that Chris is not here today. Okay. And, Tell me why. And we're gonna, well, we're going to pick these up next week. I see. Uh, this first one happens to be the deputy that fatally shot that young man over in, uh, in Lowell County. I heard about that. All right. Has been fired. I heard about that. Because his body cam had not been turned on. To be clear, he didn't turn it on. Yeah, he right. didn't turn it on. So the sheriff fired him. This makes some interest, open some interesting legal arguments that we need to talk about next week, and, and we'll do that. The other story that I had that I wanted to talk about was the wide receiver, Trey Knox, who signed a promotional deal with PetSmart. Oh. And I want to talk about how things are going to change in the NCAA. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I thought Chris would love to deal in both of those Indeed. particular Indeed. Uh, topics. So you have a great 4th of July. What are you going to do on uh, Sunday? Uh, barbecue. You're going to barbecue? What are you, yeah. gonna, what are you making? Just hamburgers and... Uh, and maybe a, um, uh, a tomahawk. Oh, a tomahawk. I've got two of those in my freezer, mm -hmm. by the way. All right. We'll take a, a break here at the news. Susie Parker is going to join me in the next hour. Talk a little a little culture upstream from politics. Don't talk with me about culture. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but anyway, we'll be back uh, to talk more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. To the final hour of this week's shows, well, the Dave Ellswick show, and of course, uh, it being a Friday, and Monday is going to be an off day for most of us. It's a three day weekend 
uh, approaching. And on Sunday, we will celebrate the country's birthday on the 4th of July. And what was it that uh, Adam said that speeches, fireworks, and music should be the cost of the day? So, and I agree with that. Except speeches. You come to my house to celebrate the 4th. You listen to my show. You already heard the speech. You don't have to hear any more. But I'll have plenty of food and drink for you as well. i am uh, got to clean out the grill tomorrow so that uh, Sunday I'll be ready to go. And I've got brats. I've got beef hot dogs. I've got some really, really good hamburgers all set up. I think I'll put two together and in the middle make a little dimple inside and put a ball of mozzarella cheese in the middle of my hamburgers. Oh, they're so good. They are so good. Today, I got a special guest with me for this hour. I'm looking forward to this because she hasn't been on in a little over a year. She used to be a a kind of a normal part of the show, but then COVID-19 hit, and it threw everything in the wackadoo, as we know. And uh, she's here, though, today. And uh, Susie Parker's here. Susie, how are you? I'm okay. How are you, Dave? Well, I'm doing good. I'm glad to have you back on the show. And, you know, I always tell people that culture is upstream from politics. If you want to see what's going to affect politics, sometimes it's it's quick, but typically it's a couple of years down the road. Watch what's going on in movies and music and, you know, your uh, Netflix and your Prime and all of that, and you'll see some of the... T- some of the uh, themes that are going to play out in politics uh, as well. And we've seen that over the last few years. So uh, today we're going to talk culture. That's why I always have you on. You're a great writer. You keep up on what's going on in culture. Although I was surprised when we talked yesterday that you hadn't been binging Netflix and, uh, and Prime like crazy. You've been working. I've been working, yes. I've been writing a lot about, well, the pandemic. And then uh, while I was hunkered down for really, I think, a year, it seems, um, until I got vaccinated, um, I was working on collections of essays and, um, I think, staring into space. But I did watch TV. I did watch a lot of TV. I just may not have binge like typical person binges you know i'm not getting once i get sucked into a show this is hours as is you know everyone so i try to like monitor that okay i i try to like be choosy i I usually (laughs) do movies and documentaries (laughs) yeah you you watched a lot of rockumentaries you said to me oh yes a lot (laughs) did you did you i bet if it had anything to do with duran duran you definitely watched it Yes, I probably rewatched and rewatched <laughs> Duran Duran, but there's a lot of others too. In fact, the other night I just watched. Um, it's on Amazon, and you have to rent it. But it's the um, the history of Cream magazine. Ooh, that'd be good. It is fascinating because you know that magazine kind of it wasn't really in competition with Rolling Stone. It was just kind of a it was a total opposite. But the whole. Um, the whole it's it's fascinating for just as a journalist it's fascinating like even if you didn't like rock music but you're into writing and journalism it's fascinating but that whole culture of the 60s and 70s um that documentary is definitely worth watching i'll have to do that then i will do that i'll guarantee it i've been watching it i don't i can't remember what what uh channel it's on but they've been doing a lot of rockumentaries, and they did a really good one 
last weekend on KISS. It was a two-hour documentary on KISS that was awesome. You know, one of my great claims to fame is that I interviewed KISS uh, at their, I forget, they were with a big agency at the time. Uh, But I interviewed them the first day they took off their makeup. Uh, when they did that oh for, for the for the album "Lick It Up," and because they they hey they liked us, I was in the Air Force at the time, and they they knew it would be aired on Armed Forces Radio, which means it would be aired all over the world because you got all these shadow audiences in Germany and England and and all kinds of places listening to Armed Forces Radio outside the bases, and so they wanted to be on. And uh, I, I talked to Paul and to Gene both, and it was very interesting why they did what they did at that moment. And uh, it was funny because I was sitting there watching it, and my wife was sitting next to me, and I'm telling her the whole story. And then Gene and, and, uh, and, and Paul were just, they sounded like little parrots on my shoulder saying the exact same <laughs> things that I had said. It was really kind of cool. It was, it was very cool. Oh. But, yeah, that was, that yeah. was one of the claims of fame for me to be able to, interview them and then the other person i interviewed that was just big time for me in rock and roll was uh, johnny cash oh yes well johnny cash has a special place like in my heart because my mom actually grew up uh playing with him when they were little kids oh really in south in south arkansas yeah in rising that's mm-hmm. cool that's very yeah, very he cool. Used to, yeah, he used to go visit his aunt who lived across from my the, the street from my mom, and they played together. And then I saw June and Johnny Cash. Weird enough, and I think it was 1994 down at Kingsland. Uh huh. Um, they came for uh, the the post office released a stamp, a Johnny Cash stamp, and you could go to Kingsland and get it. You know, postmarked. You know how they do those commemorative. Yes. And June and Johnny Cash. This is when he was in between like he was kind of just going downhill before he became like back up with you know trent reznor and that whole universe when when everyone just kind of started worshiping him another generation discovered him well my mom and i went to watch him and um june carter cash underneath a tent and it was only maybe a hundred people there Oh, that I mean, would I was be cool. Row. It was it was crazy, and it was fat. It was it was amazing. It was one of the highlights of my life because it wasn't like a concert. It was like they were literally just having like this little, you know, tent show in a small town in Arkansas. And sadly, I was also working for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette at the time, and they did not want me to cover it. I don't think it got very much coverage, if any, which oh, is sad. That's killer. I know. That's a killer. Really is. I know. They didn't think it was really that important. But now, you know, now we all worship Johnny Cash in Arkansas. Are they still doing the uh, the festival that they do? I mean, uh, uh, who was it? Not June, but um, what was the girl? Oh, that Rose, did, yeah. uh, uh, Roseanne. Yeah. Yeah, I think over in Diaz. I've never been to that, but I think they're still doing it now. I mean, with COVID... I'm not really, last year, who knows? I think last year's just a washout for anything that ever happened. Correct. (laughs) You know, but I think they are still, I think they are still doing that. I'm going to have to look into it. It may even be virtual. It seems like I remember something being virtual, but who knows? 2020 is like some sort of crazy dream. All right. (laughs) Nightmare. Yeah, a nightmare. It really was a nightmare. nightmare. No doubt. By the way, while I got uh, you on the line and we can talk about this just for a moment, 
you said that you've been vaccinated. So have I. I've had both of my Pfizer shots. I was watching uh, uh, the the show that comes on before Fox and Friends this morning, just kind of seeing what were the big stories that they were covering. And it was the Supreme Court, which was what I was going to cover in my first hour. But then they started talking about uh, this lady who had a family that had had a bad turn when they got the vaccine. And I want everybody to understand something. Ever since we've been vaccinating people, there have been certain people who have had bad turns on on vaccinations. But the majority of people, it has helped them, if not saved their lives. And uh, I I was one of the first people lined up to get the vaccine. I was ready uh, to, to have it done. Uh, you know, they said, well, they didn't tell people enough about some of the negative things. Here's what I know. Man, it took them forever to figure out flu shots and why people were getting sick because of the eggs that they were using. And and bad things are going to – there's some bad things going to happen to people sometimes. There is not any medical treatment that has no – uh, negative responses to it. There just isn't. You know you're taking your chances. I say the same exact thing because um, I was kind of, I was a little skittish about getting it because I do, I'm one of these people who, who I can have a reaction to a tunnel. I mean, yeah. allergy was a mile long at the, at Walgreens. It's just, it's, it's, it's huge. Um, like red dye. Yeah. red dye. I mean, you know, you just, you don't know, you just don't know. Um, and so I was a little skittish, but I also, you know, you can only live in fear or oblivion, whichever way you want to go with it. And I think it's kind of, you know, a modern medicine miracle that we have them this fast and it's, you know, it won't prevent you from getting it, but it can totally, um, lessen you know your illness and maybe hospitalization yeah and so i got i mean i was like i got it and it's it's funny because um some of my friends wouldn't get it either and then once i got it it didn't kill me they got it yeah <laughs> if it didn't kill they were me watching you right was, yeah to see, yeah and um <laughs> but you're right i mean I, I tell people all the time like if you're in a car wreck and you go to the hospital and, you know, let's say you do have your list of allergy. You know, you have a lot of drug allergies and you have it with you because you're supposed to carry that with you. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you drive, you know, when you travel, you're supposed to have it on you at all times. Let's, or let's say you do, but they give you something that you don't know what it is. It's the same kind of thing. Like you go to the hospital, you don't really know what drugs they're going to give you if you've got a major something, you know, whether it's a or gallbladder problems. I mean, they're going to test it on you, and then <laughs> if you have a reaction, they probably won't give it to you. They'll go to another medicine. Yes. So you just don't. You just don't know. You know, it, it, nothing is certain. I mean, like that. You just go to the doctor. He could give you a new blood pressure medicine. I mean, my mom was a prime example of that. She had to go through three different blood pressure medicines before they found one that worked for her. And so, you know, the vaccine. Yes, some people take a bad, a bad turn or have a bad side effect but they may you know chances are they survive it and they you know it's better than getting COVID. yeah i look at it that Mm -hmm. way as well and then Mm -hmm. before i move to this break let me say i'm sorry about your mother's passing i know that that happened that makes it very difficult when it happened during COVID 19 i know that because 
I had one of my daughters. Um, well, it happened before. It happened it? before. Thank okay. God it happened before that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It happened in 2017. But uh, yes, uh, I fear uh, I feel for anyone who lost anyone during the COVID, whether it was from COVID or something else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I lost a daughter and then I, I lost both my brothers. And it was difficult because I couldn't get with my family and, and grieve. Oh, you know, that, oh, that I'm was, so sorry. That was, that, was, that, yeah. was, that was a tough part of the COVID-19 for me. Okay, enough, oh, yes. enough, enough, enough downer Debbie stuff now. Okay, I want. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm coming back with the spray, and we're gonna talk some Netflix, and we're gonna talk uh, some Prime, and uh, I want to talk about some movies that might uh, be coming up here that you might be interested as well as I am. And Dune will be out this year, and I know you're going to be interested in Dune. You and I have talked about that for years. Why can't they ever make Dune the way it should be made? Well, I'm hoping. I got my fingers crossed that they got it right this time. So let's take a break. We'll be back. Susie Parker is here. It's good to have her. I can't wait till I can get her back in the studio. That will be in the future. We will make it happen here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Don't forget about applied research. All right. And what applied research is trying to do uh, with the type 2 diabetes clinical study that they have going. Uh, you may be eligible to participate in this study uh, if you have one type 2 diabetes uh, with an adequate glycemic control. That means your numbers, the sugar numbers are high. Two, you're on two or three diabetic medications and, uh, you know, just to keep it under control. Qualified participants receive study-related evaluation, a study drug at no cost along with compensation for your time now if that sounds of interest to you all you have to do is call 501-954-7822 they'll take all down the pertinent information and then you can get involved in this study again that's on type 2 diabetes it's a clinical study it is limited in the amount of people that can take part of it uh call 501-954-7822 22. Don't forget that this fall, she'll have a new book out called Essays from the Edge, Fireball Hellcat from uh, Susie Parker. What are what are all these uh, essays going to deal with, Susie, just to let us know? Well, they are a collection of my greatest hits, going back to the music theme. Um, it's essays that I've written for other publications over the years, and I've compiled them all with a couple of new essays. So some of them uh, deal with, you know, my book, Sex in the South. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's some, uh, some, some essays about that, some essays about um, my mom and I, our adventures that we had because my dad called us uh, – Delma and Louise. So there's that. Um, we, we never held anyone at gunpoint, though. Um, and then uh, some political essays are mixed in there and a Duran Duran essay. Well, of course, Duran Duran would have to be in the book. Absolutely. Of course. Of course. And the, and the title comes from um, a cousin of mine telling me that um, when I was angry one day about a situation that um, about something governmental that uh i was a fireball hellcat and i came from a long line of fireball hellcats <laughs> which is true the, the women on my the women on my mom's side uh, were all something so uh, so that's that's kind of a tribute to my mom's side of the family of of strong women well let me also say for my listeners if they don't remember because i did post a picture one time that you are the best 
Princess Leia cosplay uh, costumer that I've seen. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I am, you know, obsessed a little bit with Star Wars and Princess Leia and Carrie Fisher. So thank you. I compliment. Well, it was, it's it's a it's a, just a compliment that needs to be made because your your costume is you look exactly like her. You look like you're from the you know whether you want to see it, say it's the first movie or the third movie, uh, you're from that Star Wars uh, generation, no doubt about it. All right, let's let's move into what's going on uh, over the last uh, I guess five years, maybe even less. Uh, and this last year, especially uh, Netflix and uh, and Prime and Hulu and everything else that's out there have really been, you know, scoured by people to to watch and see new types of um, media that they can see. And and I've got a few things that I watched during the pandemic that I thought was that were really really good. They didn't start specifically during the pandemic, but they were the shows that I really went back and watched over again, some some of them two and three times. Uh, my number one was The Last Kingdom. I love that show. It's, a, it's based on a series of 13 books about the beginning of England and, uh, and how it all came together, and it is great fictional history. And by that, I mean it's somebody who took the history of England and then fictionalized, because we don't know what these people said to each other. So they, they fictionalized that part of it, and it's really, really good. It's excellent. Have you seen any of that? I have not. I've got to check that out because I'm obsessed with England. Well, I'm obsessed with a lot of things. You're going you to but... like this. I'm just telling you. It's really, really good. The, uh, the I don't even know how I missed that. I don't. I, um, it must have just gone past me because I'm like, what? How did I miss a whole history of England? Yeah, it's gonna. It starts. Uh, uh, it's five. Uh, the, the fifth season supposed to come up this fall, and it's supposedly going to be the end of the series because it's uh, they used the last two books, but Netflix has bought the rights to it, so they could do like you know Game of Thrones and start mm-hmm. writing their own scripts for it. I don't know if they will or not. Uh, I thought Game of Thrones kind of lost a little bit of its uh, of its uh, uh, good writing in the last two seasons. But other than that, it's uh, been good. That's the other thing I'm looking for in the future is, you know, Blood and Dragons that's coming next year, which is the continuation of Game of Thrones from a prequel it's going to be about the targaryens so i'm looking forward to that a lot of a lot of dragon riding coming up there is a lot of dragon riding maybe that's why i need to i need to forget what i'm riding and write about dragons (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's where i'm missing my mark there's a lot of history there i'm just telling you there is a lot of history coming to uh you know as far as uh, dragons go uh, when we come back, because we've got a break coming, believe it or not, we've already uh, been talking for a half hour, and we got a lot of catching up to do. So I'll be uh, I'll be finding out when you can go out to lunch so I can buy you lunch and we can catch up on what's going on. But uh, I want to come back and talk about two shows that are, are starting today, one on Netflix, one on Prime. The one on Prime I'm really primed for, although the one on Netflix I really want to see as well. I'll tell you what those are when we come back, Susie, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, how about the news? 
All right, Easton Towing reminds you that uh, you don't have to know everything about towing, just the people who are doing the towing, and Easton Towing is that group of people for you. That's why you should keep their phone number in your glove compartment or in your purse or in your wallet so that uh, if you need a tow, you call them. Their number is 501-888-8849. No matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it, and they have the answers necessary to make sure nothing goes wrong. They're part of the Arkansas Towing Recovery Board. They're licensed. They're insured. And then each of their trucks are permitted with the state and meet all the standards that the state requires. So uh, what happens after that 911 call? Do you know? They do, and they know those answers, and they can help you so that you don't end up in an impound lot somewhere. East End Towing, phone number again, 501-888-8849. Again, 501-888-8849. All right, so Susie Parker is with us. Susie, there's a show opening tonight on Prime that I'm going to be watching, and uh, I, I've been waiting for it to come out. It came out, yes, well, no, today. It's coming out today. And uh, it's 138 minutes long. It's PG-13, and you've talked to me enough that you know I love science fiction. I am crazy yeah. about science fiction. Check out this synopsis. Time travelers arrive from the year 2051 to to deliver an urgent message. 30 years in the future, mankind is losing a war against a deadly alien species. The only hope for survival is for soldiers and civilians to be transported to the future and join in the fight. Determined to save the world for his daughter, Dan Forrester teams up with a brilliant scientist and his estranged father to rewrite the planet's fate. And here's who's starring in this. Chris Pratt, J.K. Simons, and, uh, of course, uh, Yvonne uh, Strepulski is in it as well, born and raised in, Austra- in uh, Australia, but uh, she's been doing some pretty big things. And it's being directed by Chris McKay. People will know that name. He's the man who directed the Lego Batman movie back in 2017, which was an amazingly funny and good movie, and then uh, also did the Lego movie in 2014 and Robot Chicken Star Wars 3 back in 2010. So he's been around a while. Should be a good movie. I'm looking forward to it. There's just something about the, f- the future coming back to the past and saying, hey, guys, if you want to have a future – you got to take. You got to go back to the future with us, and you got to fight with us to to destroy the enemy of mankind. That that just gets my attention immediately. Mind who? Maybe that's what I'll do tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's called Tomorrow's War, uh, the Tomorrow War. That's what it's called. That's the exact name for it, and it's an Amazon original uh, movie. Now, this is one of those movies that probably would not have been made if it had to go right directly to a cinema but it's being it's being made it has been made and it's going to show up on prime and that's where prime and netflix have really helped um, i don't expect uh, you know uh, fantastic scripts and 
super duper special effects, but they can do a lot of special effects now at a very decent price. And, uh, you know, some good entertainment by being able just to watch my TV. And this looks like one of those movies that should keep me entertained. I have to make the popcorn. My grandson's coming over to spend the night with me tonight. He wants to see Pop, so uh, he'll have to sit and watch this movie with me. So what can I say? You know, and that's what I like, you know, with Amazon and and, and uh, with Prime and Netflix. And, you know, it's something that you may not normally watch. You might not get, you know, you might not physically like you know in pre-covid universe like oh you see this movie and you think oh maybe i'll go see it or no i don't think so but you find you discover stuff that you might not even if it was in a theater you might not even go see yeah because and then let's face you have it. an hour and a half to you know you're like and i'll dedicate an hour and a half of my life to watch this movie that's and then you find that something like that that you may not even you know want to watch is entertaining and you would have never seen it Yep, and I and I agree. How many of us would have watched Stranger Things, in all honesty, if you had heard the, the the premise of it from the very beginning? It just happened to be on uh, Netflix, and you probably said, "Well, let's see what this is about. If I don't like it, I can go and jump and watch something else," and you got sucked into it. Oh, I got so sucked into that show so quickly. I mean, like just immediate, but if I had, you know, if I had heard about it and it had been at a theater, no way. I don't know. I probably would have gone, nah, that's a kid movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think I want to go see it. Or, you know, I wouldn't have, I just wouldn't, I might've gone just because Winona Ryder, you know, is from my generation. I might have gone, but I don't think I would have put out the effort, but you know, yeah, just clicking on it. And, you know, they suck you in within the first episode. Yeah. You're down the rabbit hole. Yeah. It was a good movie. One thing. One thing I did binge watch um, during uh, the during uh, the whole lockdown was uh, the Undoing the with undoing. Nicole Kidman. The, it's, I think it's called the Undoing. It's with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Yeah, that was an HBO uh, show. It was HBO. Yeah, yeah. I actually subscribed. Um, I had HBO and then I got rid of it. It's one of those things. That's the other thing. You can like decide you want something or you don't want something. You just get rid of it for a minute, and then if something you know piques your interest um you can subscribe again and hbo was one of those that i had dropped um that had gotten for something and then uh but that sucked me in i stayed up all night watching that yeah it sucked me in immediately i just was what's it about activated. it's about uh, a couple whose relationship just goes into very dark territory and nicole kidman is such a great actress and so is Hugh Grant. They're both. But this this shows, you know, you think Hugh Grant and you usually think of him in like rom-coms, you know, uh, Notting Hill and all and Love Actually and all those movies. This is a different Hugh Grant completely. It's fascinating to watch how he I had never seen. I had never really thought of Hugh Grant as like a serious. I mean, not like that. It is, right. it is worth it is worth the investment. I think it's six episodes. I don't think it's more than eight. I know it's not more than eight, but I, I started watching it one night and I, I stayed up all night watching it. It was fascinating. Hmm. I uh, mean, the acting, the the cinematography, everything in that show is, is good. And then I also kind of bench a lot on the, the crown because I love the Royal family. Well, that's a great, that's a really great show. I mean, I, I, when, who was the lady that was in that at the very beginning? 
she's become a very famous actress now who played oh, the queen. Oh, yes. Who played, uh, yes, I can't think of what her name is either, but she was fantastic at the beginning, that, those first, what, two, three seasons? Yeah, I mean, she I went on, two. she went on to do, uh, you know, the, the the girl who kicked the hornet's nest and all of those books, you know, I've, it's, yeah. she's really a great actress. Yeah, The Crown, um, is a show that I love. I think it's beautiful. It's fascinating. And, you know, if you, uh, which I can't believe I haven't seen The Last Kingdom. And I can't believe I don't even, didn't even know this existed until you told me. Um, because if, because I follow the royal family from like way back, like, you know, we're talking like the Tudors way, way back. Oh, and yeah. So the Good crown move. was kind of just. Yeah, the 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 crown was just my is my thing. That's that's my kind of thing. Okay, well you'll you'll like the Lost Kingdom. It's a great show. You got four seasons to binge get... on, girl. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna like really dedicate some time to that one. Yeah, it's it's really good. Now the the other show that's opening tonight, first uh, episode tonight, is on Netflix, and most of us know. Uh, Stein, Robert, I think Robert R.L. Stein, who did all mm-hmm. the Goosebumps uh, books. Few of us know his uh, secondary uh, series of books, Fear Street, which were written for older teenagers. You know, the the Goosebumps was the kind of the elementary to to middle school crowd. Now he started writing for teenagers and stuff. Uh, they got a new a new series coming out for Fear Street. And let me give you the, the, lay, the layout for this. After a series of brutal slayings, a teen and her friends take on an evil force that's plagued their notorious town for centuries. Welcome to Sadie's side. Oh, boy, what does that sound like? Could that sound any more like it? It does sound like it. Yeah. <laughs> It really does. And that's something, yeah, that's a show I could get into. Yeah, so that that looks like something that uh, you and I probably will be watching, and the next time I have you on, I'm going to test you. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, that that does sound, yes, I see, it's, and it also sounds strangely like Stranger Things, you know, the, yeah. you know, saving a town, yeah. I was into Sabrina, the the i can't say you know it's the one on um yeah the teenage Netflix, witch the one Sabrina, yeah yeah but not the not the the you know the creepy one not the i was into that for a second during the pan well actually before the before covid i was i was into it and then i think the third season that that kind of it's, it's one of those shows where it was really great and then it kind of started spiraling like the writing got a little yeah it got not so great yeah it was not as great i I watched the first season when they came back with it, and they said it was going to be kind of like the craft, and it was going to be a little more darker and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And I watched it, and I thought, yeah, it's not bad. And then yeah. it, it just lost its way. I don't know why. It did. You know, it's the same guys that do uh, the, 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 was it, uh, the Archie remake. Yeah. Yeah. Riverdale. Yeah, Riverdale, mm-hmm. which I think is fairly good. But, yeah, I, I kind of... I got interested with one season, and then I started watching the second season. I said, nah, I'm done. Yeah, same here. I think I got to the kind of the tail end of this. I don't think I actually finished the second season. And that's the great thing about, you know, you can just move on. Short attention span, move on. Yep. And I <laughs> yeah. do have a with short. With the remote control. 
I expect good writing. That is one thing I do expect to sit and watch uh, out of a show. The new one they got, what is it called, Shadow and Bone, which is pretty good. I've been watching it. I'm I'm waiting for Game of Thrones to come back because I got to tell you what that was a fantastic series, just an awesome that awesome was. series. I, I I spent you were, a lot of time watching that show. For good writing, The Undoing. I can't stress that show enough. I mean, because it's and it's a you know it can be a one knot or two knot investment with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. It, the writing in that is is great. It, it's a, it's a, it sucks you in. It's um, it kept popping up. You know how Facebook will try to entice you with like you might like if you did this, you might like that, right. and that's how I got into the undoing. It kind of kept popping up, and I was like, okay, okay, you bought me in. And um, but HBO Max is great because I just watched the Tina Turner, the Tina Turner documentary. Oh, what a great show! And, oh yes, fantastic. I mean, I've always loved Tina Turner, and I just watched that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I just caught up on because I know it came out a while back and everybody else was watching it, but I kind of just now caught up. Well, for all the people who think that Tina Turner started simply the best and that's when her career started, you're in for a a brutal awakening with all yeah. the great soul that she did with Ike and and that she even could perform with Ike is amazing to me, to be honest. All right, so let's come back, get our final break in here. Susie Parker is our guest. Can people order your book yet? Uh, They cannot, but it will be available for pre-order around Labor Day. All right. We'll make sure everybody knows how they can get a copy of it because your writing is, as we said, writing is important, and you do it very, very well. All right. Oh, thank you. Let me talk about Pat Davis for a second, then I'll be back and we'll finish up. Uh, Pat Davis has a way of explaining how – Uh, Your health insurance is screwing you that will open your eyes. And he'll open your eyes to a different way of buying health insurance so that you can save 30 to 50%. Let me just give you some some major points with uh, Pat Davis. For instance, if you're self-employed, you need, you absolutely must talk to Pat Davis so you can save some money on health insurance. And this is health insurance. It's not a share plan. Share plans are totally different, and uh, it can be any provider in uh, the nation that you're buying from. And there's no co-pays. How's that one for you? Wouldn't you like to go to the doctor and don't have to shell out dollars $50, $60, $75, maybe even more for a specialist? That's right. You don't have to do that with Pat. And then last but not least, if there's money left over that typically goes back to the insurance company, uh-uh. It comes back to you in a check. So talk to Pat Davis. I know what I just said sounds too good to be true, but seriously talk to him. You're going to be glad that you got past the it's too good to be true argument and found out about it. Pat Davis at 501-605-6935 or on the Internet at Your Health Plan Man. That's one word, Your Health Plan Man. All right, back. I'm going to finish up my uh, segment. It's gone too too short for uh, an hour uh, with Susie Parker. Always a pleasure to have her on. Uh, A show, I don't know if you watched this. This was on HBO as well, uh, Susie. It it starred one of my favorite actresses, Kate Winslet. Uh, And Kate Winslet can, can cover the spectrum in her acting. 
She's amazing. And she did Mayor of East Town. Did you happen to watch that? I watched the first two episodes and then got sidetracked. So oh. I've got to go back and finish it. Oh, because she amazing. is absolutely amazing. The f- yes, yes. Uh, some live stuff happened, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things, oh, I'll get back to it, I'll get back to it. Because I watched it the first night it premiered. I watched it um, because I do think she's absolutely fabulous. And um, I, so I can't wait to see what the ending is because I've, I've seen things pop up, and I just totally have ignored reading anything about that show because that is one I really want to finish. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. You get into about the, the fourth episode, and you're already sucked into the storyline, but in the fourth episode, it really, really gets very, very good. And what I really liked about this, it not only had her in it, but it had one of my favorite actors, and Guy Pierce was in it as well. And they just, when they're on the screen together, you don't see anything else but them. They just suck up all the energy out of the scene. It's amazing how good they are together. Um, yeah, I can't wait to finish that. That That is on my list. I mean, it keeps popping up like, you know, continue. And I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, once I got vaccinated in, in the end of March, um, then life started happening again. So it's like you've got to make, you know, time to binge watch now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, that's the truth. Any movies that are coming out? I mean, have you thought about going back to the movie theater yet? I am not going to go back to the movie theater just yet. Okay, well, I've I've been there many times already. Have you? Well, yeah. I was going. I kind of have a little anxiety about the uh, the Delta variant, so I'm vaccinated and I wear my mask. But I'm a little, um, little I don't know, claustrophobic, I guess, when it comes to that. So that's why I love Amazon and Prime and Hulu and all of that, because then I can watch tons and tons of stuff if I want and uh, all alone, not be exposed. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> But I'm I'm just sitting in the movies and, and eventually I saw you know Fast and Furious Nine, which was exactly what I expected. It was a lot of fun, you know. It was a good movie. I I saw Ryan uh, Reynolds' movie, uh, the, what was it, The Bodyguard of the Hitman's Wife, and and that. <laughs> if bad language bothers you, do not see that movie. But uh, I would just say that it is it is a hilarious movie. It's it's one of those movies that they find the humor in areas of darkness that most people don't find humor in, just so uh, people will know uh, what I'm talking about. But there's some other movies that are coming out. I mean, The Black Widow is finally coming. I got to believe that that's one that you kind of are looking forward to, aren't you? I'll venture. Maybe that'll be my uh, debut go-to-a-theater movie. Yeah. That's July nineteenth, so you got a few weeks then. I got uh, a couple go of weeks to to, pr- to prepare for it. Get yeah. yourself ready and, and set to go. And that that's I think that's going to be a good movie. Of course, I'm waiting for the the last James Bond movie uh, with Craig. That's coming up in October. I want to see that now, on, on the big screen. I will venture. Yes, I will venture for that because I'm a big James Bond you know fan. So uh, I will venture in to a theater to see see that because it was supposed to come out last year but because of covid it was postponed yeah they just kept pushing it back and they uh-huh. they kept dangling it like a carrot out there and uh, it is coming in in october i uh, i have matt smith on every friday typically not today because you're on but uh uh-huh. you know talking about movies and, and and we talk about ones that are coming up but a couple of movies that are out right now that are well worth everybody's time the 
the the latest conjuring movie is a good one for folks to see if you want to get scared and give you some jump scares and things of that nature and then uh, the other being uh what was it that just came out uh, here recently and it just jumped in my head and got out again but that happens as you turn 68 hey listen <laughs> susan it's always been susie it's always been a, a pleasure to have you on the show let's plan on doing this again and we'll try to do this maybe once a month how's that sound i would love it all right you have a great fourth of july and i'll talk to you on the other side of it all right okay you too thanks dave all right bye-bye now Susie Parker here on the Dave Ellswick Show. As soon as that book becomes available, I'll let you know how you can get your copy of it uh, so you can you can buy it. Her, her uh, writing is, is really impeccable. You'll enjoy it. All right, Dave Ellswick Show, that's it for this week. Wow, went fast. No Monday show, so the power panel will not rejoin the show uh, until a week from Monday. Next time I'm on, it's going to be Elizabeth on with me, and then the Bible guys will join me as well. That's all coming up. You have a great 4th of July, all right? Go out and bar- What are you doing, Heidi? Are you barbecuing? I'm going to the lake, uh, Lake Washita with my aunt. She all usually right. has a, a nice little lake house down there, and we're going to swim on Sunday, so that'll be good. All right, cool. Get some, get some uh, rays as well. All right, I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Have a great uh, best of uh, car and, uh, and truck doctors on Saturday. See you on Tuesday.